0: Brandon. All right, no, no cheesy catchphrase stuff to begin our show today. I got a, a couple things to say uh, before we start. Big Sarge is with us today. Happy to have Big Sarge with us. As you, I thought I got fired yesterday. I thought I was fired yesterday. As many of you know, Frank, our, our, our PD, I'm not going to call him our boss, our PD, he called at the very end. Everybody knew I was getting off at five, go call the basketball game. He called and I thought he fired me because he, he's, uh, he's on a cricket phone. You can't hear a word that he says, like it's breaking out. Turns out he suspended me, so he suspended. So I call him after the show. I say, "What's what's going on? Like wh- what's happening right now?" So, well, the calls and emails. I can't do this stuff right now. So we had it out. We got into an argument. Yeah, we got into an argument, and um, turns out we ended up getting uh, like the suits, the people upstairs. They mediated our conversation today. Today, I had no idea I was doing a radio show today. So we had a little conversation. We we had a, a mediator. That was uh, looking at all of it, kind of listening to us. We had it out, took a couple hours. And long story short, I said, if I'm not doing today's show, I'm not doing any show. Wow. So here I am. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to say anything else about it. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. We're going to do the show here in a couple of minutes. I'm not going to take questions about it. Maybe when I retire, maybe if I someday do get fired, I'll talk about it then in my memoirs. But I'm water under the bridge, not talking about it anymore. And I'm, I'm upset about it, too, because I'm very happy to do a show with you for the first time ever, and we hey, got to deal with this nonsense.
1: Hey, well, look, hold on. Are you telling me that I was this close to being the other B? Because, like, my real name is Brian Bearfield, So it'll, the killer bees, like, I'll fit right in,
0: right? Yeah, I don't know how much so, they like you, Sarge. I, was, I have no idea. I couldn't – I can't speak for them. Hey, they was, don't like me very much right now. Hey, look, I listen, when when I, when I found
1: out that I was – Actually, able to come up here? I was like, yeah. oh, well, look at that, man. That's so- somebody likes me.
0: Yeah. If, they, <laughs> if, they, if I was hosting with Blankers today, I might have said, see you Monday. Yeah. But since it's you, I was like, no, I'm working today. And it's all right. Here I am. So we're going to move on. We're going to have a good show. Sarge and I are going to have a great time. Yeah. Uh, Sarge and I have known each other for a few years, met on the Texans beat. I don't think we've ever talked for more than three minutes, yeah, probably. Yeah, for sure, we have not. <laughs> the, the, the few minutes after I got out of that closed-door meeting, whenever we talked out there, was probably the longest conversation we've ever had. We've, we've chatted on Twitter. Uh, you know, we've, we've had good sports debates, and I'm sure we'll do that over the next three hours as well. Uh, everybody's familiar with Sarge. Yeah. Uh, he needs no introduction, but if you don't, and you've been living under a rock, at Big Sports on Twitter covers all of Houston sports, Rockets Wire, Texans Wire, uh, where you can find his work, covers the Astros. He's all over the place. Um, I've never told you this. I I commend you for making Sarge a thing in Houston. Like Sarge, 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 Big Sarge Sports and Sarge is synonymous with Houston sports now. Yeah. And you built that from the ground up with nothing. Yes. So I, I want to commend you for, for that before we go any further. I, I, I appreciate that and the hard work that you have. So that's something I wanted to say to you. I think you're one of the hardest working people in the business. Now, I disagree uh, with a lot of stuff you say. Of course. But, but you, of are, course. you are one of the hardest working dudes, and I, I respect that. Hey, So look, before
1: uh, Mark Berman retired, right, the last year of Mark Berman, I used to always tell him, they say, hey, you know, I'm the black Mark Berman, right? I said, because of every, wherever you are, I am too, Mark. And I said, and he was like, I'm oh, sorry, just, you know, just call yourself Sarge. I was like, no, I'm the black Mark Berman
0: because I said. Could you imagine that was your Twitter handle? Right. At black Mark Berman. Right. He would be like, because,
1: <laughs> hey, you know, Mark, Mark grew up not too far from Prairie View and
0: m University, where I graduated from. That's so, right. I'm like, yeah. Hempstead, Mark, right? Uh, yep. Yeah. He called me the other day at 1030 at night. Yeah, he called me the other day at 10.30 at night. I'm like, Berman, it's 10.30. My wife and kids are asleep. What do you want? And he's like, hey, hey, tell me about this little Twitter subscription thing. I was like, dude, I'm trying to sleep. Uh, Berman's not retired; like he's retired, but he's still he's still trying to angle. You know what I mean? He's still think, trying to hustle. You think he was talking to you through his little headphones, the uh, one that, the wire on? Him? Yeah, I don't know. I know his. I, I mean, his wife sounded like she was in the air, and he's cussing up a storm. Yep. Like I'm like Mark, I'm tr- I'm like whispering. I'm like I'm trying to keep everybody. asleep. I, lo- I love well, Mark. Well, you know what's so crazy
1: about when you you said about Sarge is. <laughs> It's funny, man. The like a lot of people don't even call me by my first name, or I don't think a lot of people in this industry know knows me by my first name. Like I put it like this, and yeah. you know, just hey, listen, let me tell you and the listeners, I'll be name dropping all day. Don't no, don't worry about that. <laughs> I, 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 I work with a guy who does that, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll,
0: so I'll feel right at home. You know the you know the you know
1: Cal and Hannah McNair. You know I've I, seen I like that. Them.
0: I saw I saw uh, I saw Cal on your tailgate. Both, on your pickup truck. Both of them was on the Texas Tech. I uh, Was Hannah sitting on it or was yeah. she standing next to no, it? No,
1: she was sitting next to it. Oh, okay. I was standing up. But that's right. You know they don't like me to call them the
0: McNair's. So Cal and Hannah, right? They know? don't like you. They don't. I call him Cool Cat Cal. We're yeah. on a first name basis. I've never met them. Yeah. Uh. He, you know. So we. Uh,
1: <laughs> but they call me Sarge. You know. I remember when Matt Burke. When Matt Burke first got here, the defense coordinator for the Houston Texans, when he was. Uh, doing his introductory press conference, you know. So it was my turn, and I was like, hey, how you doing? Brian Barefield, Texas, USA today. And so uh, one of the PR people looked at me, like, sideways, and I was like, all right. So afterwards, he's like, hey, why did you say your name was Brian? I told him your name was Sarge. I was like, but that's not my name. He said, well, <laughs> that's what we call you. So anyway.
0: I think the uh, the only reason that I knew your name was Brian's because at the press conferences sometimes yeah. they'll say instead of saying most of the time they'll say Sarge, yeah. but every now and then they'll say Hey Brian, next question. Yeah. I think the Astros might, but everybody else calls you Sarge. Yes. is that right? Well, no, Gene calls me Sarge now. Does too. he call you Sarge yeah, now? He calls me Sarge oh. too. Well, there you go. Right. Uh, Sarge covers all all the Houston sports. Certainly, right now he's covering the Texans. In fact, you were out at the Texans a little bit earlier today. Yes, I was. Uh, I was listening to the uh, I I wasn't listening to the slow. They don't post the slow. I listened to those after the fact. I was watching a couple of the clips. I was. Actually I actually listened to the cj stroud uh presser yesterday i thought you asked him a great question about audibling and where he's at with the offense yeah. because i was wondering the same thing because you'll see cj stroud at times come to the line and every now and then he'll check out of plays but yeah. not a lot that, that shows that how much trust they have in a rookie quarterback though that he can check out of plays
1: but the reason why i asked him that question was because i don't know if you remember it was uh i think it was late in the third maybe the fourth quarter where he got sacked. You remember they brought, um, I forgot who it was, the defensive, the, I'm sorry, the linebacker right off the end. Uh-huh. And so in that play, though, CJ doesn't move the protection, and actually he – motions John Mechie out. So I'm like, but there's a guy standing on the end over there, like on the other side of the guy that Laramie. And so I'm saying to myself, is he allowed to audible? Mm-hmm. Or
0: is he allowed to change the play? Like, does he see that? Or even like sliding the protection over from left to right. I've been wondering the same because the sack numbers are up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, what I don't, I don't always think it's the offensive line. Like, yeah. sometimes it's they're sending six and you got five to block. Free rusher. Sometimes they're overloading one side, and like you said, maybe they're motioning a guy away exactly. when he yep. could have stayed there. Uh, so I, I found that question fascinating. One of the things I wanted to ask you, since you, you're around uh, the Texans each and every day, yeah. and, and like it's awesome to watch the Texans now because they're a good football team, like they're a favorite to make the playoffs. After we watched 11 wins in the last three years, uh, I appreciate your service and covering them in the last three years as they won <laughs> 11 games and had to deal with a lot of nonsense. A lot. What do you think is the realistic expectation? For the Texans this year, what is a fair expectation for this
1: Texan team? Second round of the playoffs, okay? They're going to get past the wild card and go to the division round. I don't, I don't know if I see AFC championship game yet, unless there, because there's still a lot of football to be, you know, left to be played. And so, if you know some injuries occur to some of these other teams, I mean, look at we're looking at Jacksonville now. We don't know exactly how long right. Trevor Lawrence is going to And be even the out. Kirk injury. Right, and so if there are some injuries, then you know I could see them potentially getting to the AFC Championship game, but definitely the division around it. There, there are there aren't too many teams that I look at in the AFC that I feel that can beat the Houston Texans on any given Sunday.
0: That's where my like that's where my hangup is at because I'm with like a realistic expectation. Heck, they might win the division. They could be you know three seed in the post. They might be hosting. A wild card game. Exactly. Like, it depends on the bracket, things like that. I think that the AFC is wide open. Uh, the, the top, like Miami's really good, but Miami can't beat good teams. But I Man, love right. watching them play. Like, that offense is incredible. Uh, you know, some people are hit or miss on Baltimore. Either yeah. you love Baltimore or you don't love Baltimore. I, I don't love Baltimore. I We're, love Baltimore. Do you? Yeah,
1: I, I love Baltimore, especially because of what Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. gives you on that offensive end. But their defense yeah. will keep them in every game.
0: Yeah. Uh, so that's what I
1: love about Baltimore.
0: I, I I like quarterbacks who can beat you from the from the pocket. And I question that Lamar can do that three consecutive games to get to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like CJ Stroud can do it. Uh, he's capable. Pat Mahomes obviously is capable. Tua's obviously capable. Lamar has had postseason struggles. Now, he's a better quarterback now than he has been in the past. I'll give you that. Uh, I don't believe in Josh Allen being able to do that. I think Josh Allen's a ticking time bomb that's going to lose a game for oh, you. I'm definitely not and, and I, I, I think Trevor Lawrence might be in that same conversation. So I'll put it like this. When it comes to Baltimore, and the one
1: thing, like I said, I love about Lamar Jackson is they finally got him a real offense coordinator.
0: Yeah, that's and,
1: true. And by him having a real offensive coordinator, now they work with him and they're building a system around him he also has the i think he has full autonomy to call his own place and so now we're seeing a different lamar jackson one who if you notice this year he stays in the pocket a lot he stays more in the pocket now than he has in the past and he only gets out unless it's a design run yeah. or if he's really in trouble but i think that also has a lot to do with the fact that he has um
0: was the rookie Zay Flowers? I love Zay Flowers. Oh. Zay Flowers was my favorite re- rookie receiver coming into the draft. Loved him. Now I like Tank Dell more now, but yeah, Zay Flowers sure. is—I—I I, I was in love uh, with Zay Flowers pre-draft, and I, I liked his landing spot. But to, to where the Texans' realistic expectations are, I—my question is, can I see them in a conference championship this year? I'm on the brink. Like I am very, very close because if the bracket falls just right. I think they're capable of doing it. Now, do I think they're better than Kansas City? No. I don't think that they're better than Miami. I don't think that they're better than Baltimore. But if the schedule breaks just right where you can maybe avoid those teams or maybe you can just sneak a win over one of them, I think you can get there. But I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go divisional round of the AFC playoffs. Realistic expectation. I'm also on record to saying I don't even care if they win a playoff game. I don't even care if they don't, if they get blown out in a playoff game. I think it's important for a young team to taste the yeah. postseason. And if say they go on the road at Arrowhead and lose by twenty eight. Yeah. Cool. Like let's see a CJ let's see a motivated CJ Shroud next season. Yeah. Let's see a hungry football team next season. Because I'm a believer that in order to succeed, you need failure. And mm-hmm. what better failure is that? Yeah, exactly.
1: The reason why I say that I can't see them in the AFC championship game yet is because they haven't learned how to And this is going to sound crazy, especially to a lot of these, you know, Texans fans out there, especially the ones that are coming. Hey, at Big Sports with the (laughs) Z at the end on Twitter. It's going to sound crazy, but they haven't learned how to win yet. And what I mean by how to win, yes, I know they've been in eight straight close games. They've won seven, Sarge. They've won seven games. Hey, but look, when you look at the Atlanta game, I'm there and I'm watching it. that pass to Dalton Schultz, that touchdown pass should have been the end of the game. There should have been no way that Atlanta should have won that game. Going into... With, against the Carolina Panthers, I'm sitting in there and I'm saying to myself, this is a 0-6 team. There's no possible way that this team should beat them. So when I look at those games, because out of all the losses, those two stick out the most. I'll give, hey, listen, Indianapolis beat them. You know, come the first game against the Ravens, you just had to chalk that up as a loss. Seriously, sure. You know, a perennial Super Bowl team. So, But I just don't know if they're able, if they're ready to make those type of plays yet to get them over the hump. And to get to an afc championship game win an afc championship game I don't think that they're there yet yeah I think that they can get there and so they're still a team i don't i don't want to say they'll get there and get wide-eyed but Like, that playoff pressure is totally different than a regular season
0: game against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I see where you're at. Like, if their ceiling's a 10, they're playing it like a 6. Because I I think that they have left a lot of meat on the bone. Like, you look at them offensively, what are they, 6th and 7th in the uh, league in total yards, but they're, like, just barely in the top 10 in points per game. Like, it shows you that their their offense should be scoring more points than it is. It's like, well, why? Well, you're probably fizzling out of the red zone a little bit. Uh, I do think that there's a lot of room to grow. It's kind of one of the things that makes me optimistic. Mystic about them, yeah. but to your point, like if they stay there, then you're not talking about an AFC Conference Championship, not even close.
1: But real quick, Jeremy, on the flip side of that though, I'm like,
0: I, I don't think we've seen the best football from C.J. Stroud yet. And that may come late. Let's hit that on the other side. Why do you think that CJ Stroud hasn't played his best football yet? 713 780 ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713 780 3776. I'm back and better than ever. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 975. He's at Big Sarge Sports on Twitter. Uh, Joe's at Joe George Radio. I'm at Jeremy Branham. Busy show. Bad Take Boulevard. On a uh, Thursday, we do it each and every Thursday. Joe makes the list this week. In fact, he's going to lead off the list. Uh, we'll talk, uh, Sarge. Sarge, we we talked about one thing before the show that he wanted to push back on me on, and that was Dusty Baker. So we'll get to that at some <laughs> point. Uh, but why does uh, why does Sarge think that Stroud still has a lot left in him this year? Still a lot left in this year. Also, do we have to start preparing for life after Bobby Slowick? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN 92.5. Five. All right, he's Sarge on Branham, Joe George behind the glass. Blankers out today. Uh, wife had surgery yesterday, meniscus. We didn't. Uh, did you ask him, Joe? I didn't ask him. I don't text Blankers. Did you? Uh, did you ask him how the surgery went?
2: I saw it was good on Facebook. He
0: said. Oh, okay. He posted good. on Facebook. Good. So. so good. Good for. Uh, good for her. Good for Mrs. Blank. Glad, is, glad she's well. Uh, at Big Sarge Sports on Twitter, I'm at Jeremy Branham, hanging out with you. All right, Sarge. what did you mean? Stroud still has. Lots of room this year because obviously you know rookie quarterbacks still plenty of room to grow in his career. We don't expect a rookie to have the peak year of his career. Although we have seen some quarterbacks that peaked in their rookie year. Most of the time, it's because of injury. What what, what can he still do this year that would take that next step?
1: Learn more of that playbook and make it his. Hmm. That's another reason why I asked him the question at the press conference the other day because I I wanted to know to see how much of that how much of that playbook do you know and how much. Do are you able to tinker with it? And just like he said, he said, hey, me and Bobby sit down. I take the stuff I like and we, you know, throw away the stuff that we don't like. And, you know, we we have, I, I definitely have to do this while I'm on air. Having Davis Mills and Case Keenum in that room for him, they they <laughs> help him out a lot a whole lot and you know a lot of people will think well how can Davis Mills help him you know based off of the way we watched him play whatever the case may be Davis Mills is a smart guy mhm Davis Mills uh- most of the time, when he walks into the room, he is the smartest guy in the room. I will say he's that he's not big, smarter than
0: Case Big Shark. I, mean, big, big, I mean, I know, I know that Davis Mills has the Stanford education. I know it's the Ivy League school out in the West, but U of H is Tier One, baby. There's nothing better than the University of Houston.
1: I want to say yes because my wife graduated no, <laughs> twice from U of H. Her and both her daughters are graduating. Well, one graduated, and one is graduating next Friday. So, yes, I Congrats will say them. that. Hey, did you know, for the longest time, I thought uh Case Keenum and Kirk Cousins was pretty much the same
2: person.
0: Um I, I've never I really mean, seen him in a room together. Case won thirteen games before uh Kirk got there. And what would they call it, the Minneapolis miracle. Yeah. Before and then they got rid of him. He said he has his eyes closed when he threw the ball. But, you know, getting back to <laughs> uh,
1: getting back to the CJ, I just feel like once he, you know, with this last stretch of games, I think that now it's time for Bobby to say, all right, CJ, we've got everything we need on tape. We see what you what you like and what you don't like. This is what we're rolling with. And once he's able to have that and to be able to hone it and make it his, and make the you know be able to make the reads as far as uh, the reads and the routes make them his, personalize Mm -hmm. them instead of them just being Bobby's. So, I feel like there's a next level, and we've seen that. I mean, think about it. When we watched him in the bowl game, we didn't know CJ could run like that until he got in the bowl game against Georgia. So, I just feel like with him, he's like that. Like, it's really weird to say, but, you know, being around him, he's one of those guys that you just look at and you say, like, he has that Jordan esque. Hype, you well,
0: know, it's a big word there. Sarge. But way better. We, than We thought number Deshaun four. Watson was was MJ. <laughs> Dabo Sweeney said that Deshaun Watson was Michael Jordan. He was Michael Jordan behind closed doors, is what he was. Yeah, but I mean, this guy right here, man,
1: he has it in the way that yeah. he leads that locker room. So I just feel like you know his play can go up another level, leading him into next season.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had I had doubts about Stroud coming into this year, mostly because of where he played as opposed to CJ Stroud. You wanted Will um, Levis, right? I I thought Will Levis was the best quarterback prospect. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, loved his arm, which I mean, his arm's great. Yeah. Uh, he is the second best rookie quarterback in the NFL, which is better than a lot of people thought, so I'm not so sure that's a big miss. Where I missed was on Stroud. Like, Stroud was wherever I, where, where I was wrong, and what I didn't like about Stroud was were things that had nothing to do with C.J. Stroud. It wow. was because he played at Ohio State. It was because he had gotcha. first-round talent all around him, and I do have a very like general philosophy that I like quarterbacks from like mediocre Power 5 programs that elevate their program, yes. so I kind of ding C.J. Stroud from my own personal you know, theory and bias, gotcha. uh, the Georgia game, I was like, wow, this guy's unbelievable. If he can be this, this is the best rookie quarterback. I-, I had doubts he could continue to do that in the NFL. I was wrong. He won me over like that, though. I was in in week two. I mean, he's special. I agree with you. Um, the question that I would have is can he do all the stuff that you want him to do by the end of his rookie year? Yes. Okay. I, I-, I honestly and truly – and
1: you know what? It's so crazy because when you look at it, I- I'm a firm believer that, you know, adversity sometimes is a good thing. I absolutely agree. Sometimes you go through adversity. You never know who you really are until you go. Like, I didn't know who I really was until... I went to Afghanistan. I'm like, oh, okay. I have another gear in me. I have something else in me that could take me higher.
0: I didn't know what I had in me until I got fired yesterday on live radio. <laughs> hey man, I would have chipped Same in. Same thing, you. I guess. You should have sent me your GoFundMe, man. I would have, you know, chipped uh, in. I'm not but a beggar now, Sarge.
1: <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I just feel like even though, you know, losing Tank is really huge to that offense. Yes, it is. But now it makes CJ say, okay. Now, what can I do to get Mechie involved? What can I do to get Hutchison involved? Like, how can I elevate these guys? As Tank told me a couple of weeks ago, he said, there is no wide receiver one in this, even though Nico has the numbers. I believe it. He said, there's no wide receiver one in this offense. He says, seven
0: can make anybody wide receiver one on any given play. No doubt about it. Yeah. That's what I love about him, is that he's not he's not wide receiver dependent. Yes. Like, he's not, and, and yeah, Nico has great numbers. Uh, Tank Dell was playing was playing at a level that, arguably was the best rookie receiver look at the games that noah brown has had noah brown's career games have come with cj stroud and he played with a good quarterback in Dak prescott i know that you saw him there Uh, same thing with dalton schultz who came from the same organization dalton schultz has had career games with cj stroud and was already playing with a really good quarterback in the nfl that's one of the things that i'm bullish about stroud about is that i think he's kind of like he's 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 skill position proof. Yeah. What I mean by that is you can put almost anything around him and he's going to figure out a way to make it work. Like we were talking about the Texan skill players coming into the season as being yeah. the worst in the league. Yes. And what are we saying now? We're saying, Oh, Nico looks like, you know, he could be in the conversation as being a tier one receiver, probably too lofty of praise, but his numbers would back it up. Uh, same thing with tank. Like, he, and why? Why? Because the offense is way better. Why is the offense way better? Because C.J. Stroud is a really good quarterback. You have to give praise to Bobby Slowick, too. Oh, for sure. Like, to be the guy that's the play caller, taking over an offense that was awful. You inherit, you, you get a rookie quarterback. Yes, it's an upgrade, but you are still a rookie quarterback, and you're top ten in the league, like, I think Sloic actually gets a lot of criticism that I don't yeah. think is fair. I've been criticizing Sloic this week. I'm not going to lie to you. I hate the way that he was using Tang in the block and blocking in the box, which isn't something I'm pleased about because, like you said, Tangdale's so so good, I want him on the football field. I thought I'd put him in harm's way. But this offense is fun to watch, really yeah. fun to watch. Now, if I have to give a pushback, in which, yeah, please do. which I will, um, if I have to say the, the only issue that I have with
1: CJ in that offense is I feel like sometimes – he should take what's given to him as far as the running lanes are concerned. You mean you want him to run more? I want I want him to run when necessary. Uh-huh. And sometimes I feel like he doesn't. Like sometimes they'll drop the coverage and everybody's there, and he's like, it looks like he wants to run, but then he wants to stay in the pocket to see. And it has. Don't get me wrong; it has worked sometimes. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, hey man, get out! Of the I think what two weeks ago against uh, Jacksonville is the most I've seen him run. Because they were taking away everything. But that has been there the whole season. Yeah, And I want him to get out
0: and be able to run a little bit more. I disagree with that. I want I want him to do that on critical plays. Like if it's a second down and eight, I don't want to see him do that. I want to see him do that on third downs or like in the red zone if you're running for the you know the goal line things like that. Or if you're in a playoff game, then like utilize that more. I think we saw it a little bit with Stroud in his final year at Ohio State. Like why didn't he do that during the regular season? Well, why put yourself in harm's way when you're winning by multiple possessions? Now the Texans don't have this luxury, as you know. Yep. But then we saw it in the Georgia game when he absolutely needed to. And yesterday he mentioned that at the press conference too, like because New York's a team that they try to. get you to play off script and stroud's like well we want to play on script i i like my quarterback to play on script the one nitpick that i would have with stroud and i I see what you're saying because it is there like i've seen it too it is there uh i want to see that on critical plays critical games critical moments i I don't want him to be a running quarterback that runs a lot because now you're you're opening yourself up to injury i don't want him to do that because he's so important the the thing that i've noticed that i would like to see him do a little bit more is utilize his running backs In the passing game, like there's been multiple times when Singletary's open, and maybe the running backs just aren't great, you know, like receivers out of the backfield. I think Singletary's pretty good. I think Pierce is better than people think, but not good at it. Uh, Sometimes that's there. And he's not taking advantage of that because he's looking downfield, looking for his receivers. Sometimes you get the running back there for a check down for seven, eight yards.
1: Yeah, and that's the problem that I... Now, that's what I have an issue with Bobby with. Uh Because I feel like there's no possible way that Damian Pierce should be in the game on passing downs. Or when you're you're planning to run a passing play. Now, there's no knock. I've seen Damian be able to catch a little bit better... This year because... they are a disguise, him though, right? Like, ah, but I want to get the first down. See, I, I,
0: I think Singletary is just a better back in this system. Yes. In this system. So, uh, to me, I agree with you because I think Singletary is just a better fit, period. And it didn't help
1: Damien that... Uh, it didn't help DP that he got hurt. No. The no. problem... The See, the, the issue is Mike Boone... So, Mike Boone and, and Devin Singletary, they know how to run in this offense because they know how to cut back. Damien is... a. Uh, he, he's, a for, yeah, he, he's a magnet for yeah <laughs> he's a magnet for he seeks hits. contact yeah like it's who he is he, he's that's a contact he magnet seeks contact course. so he doesn't see the backside cut that mm-hmm. Singletary sees because Singletary's like hey I'm not ready to take this hit just yet I'm gonna right. take it when I have to but there's a lane let me cut back look at the big run that Damien had last week yeah. it was the cutback run and I think somebody started to point it out to him and say hey look you can't keep uh I was told that He's so used to being a mid-zone runner that he just runs with the flow. And in this zone-blocking scheme, there's a lot of back doors that will open
0: up that he can take advantage of. Yeah, and I think to the point you were mentioning about like the injury, like it seemed like he – I'm not going to say that he was about to like hit his stride, yeah. but he was getting closer. And then yeah. all of a sudden the injury comes and it kind of derails that positive momentum he had to that. alright three seven eight zero 713-780-ESPN. Let's get to the Bobby Slowick side of things. Uh, Bill Barnwell on his show, they're starting to talk about if Slowick wants a head coaching job, he's going to get one. Uh, we, we have to prepare for this, don't we? We have to prepare for life after Bobby Slowick. 713-780-ESPN-HRMP Listener Line. 713-780-3776. Tomorrow, uh, Joe's going to be doing the uh, the show with me. We're going to be out at remote. We're going to be at uh, Air Team Heating and Cooling because it's the season of giving. Air Team Heating and Cooling and ESPN 97.5 have teamed up for a holiday drive benefiting Depelchin Children's Center. Now through Friday, drop off donations at Air Team to support our Houston youth in foster care. Our station will be broadcasting live all day on Friday. Stop by, say hello with your donation. Most needed items and donation info you can find at airteamltd.com. airteamltd.com. It's the Holiday Drive benefiting Depelchin Children's Center brought to you by Air Team. and 92.5. Twitch is saying that I didn't like uh, CJ's S2 scores. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I mean, <laughs> i rather have a quarterback that has high S2 scores than low S2 scores. Now, Stroud proved me wrong. He proved that stupid test wrong. Well,
1: who... Who had the highest? Who's Who's well, the quarterback that you know that had the highest S two score? Uh, this
0: rookie one, I don't know. I know last year Purdy was real high, so it's like, oh, Purdy's a mystery irrelevant. He has a high S two score. Yay, give me that. Hey. I think. It, I, look, I I did give it value. I will admit that. Do I give it value today? Absolutely not. Can I give Absolutely you a Brock Purdy story? Not. Yeah, of course.
1: Real quickly. So I was talking to Jalen Petrie one day, right? Now, and I said that name that you just dropped there, <laughs> Right. I was talking to Jalen Petrie <laughs> in the Texas locker room right there for, for, uh, of one day. For those of you all don't know, that's the safety for the a starting safety for the Houston Texans. And I said, hey, Jalen, who's some of the hardest quarterbacks you ever had to tackle? And he said, oh, by far, Brock Purdy. I said, what? He said, yeah, in college. He said, Brock got me like three, yeah. four times. I would say he was a dude. Yeah, he said he got me about three or four times. And so then I was talking to the other starting safety, Jimmy Ward, and he was like, hey, people who don't get Brock the you know the props that he deserves he said Mm -hmm. but he's a really good quarterback now i don't i i think that he's just a really i think that he's alex smith
0: 2.0 he's a good system you can find alex smith with the last pick of the draft though that's a that's a home run
1: yeah so where would you so outside of that san francisco system where can he go and be a starting quarterback and do what he's doing now
0: um, he wouldn't be as good as Tua in Miami, but that would still be a good offense. I think he'd be okay here. I think he'd be solid here. I think he would have to be a West Coast, San Francisco style. I think that is his his niche. I think it is pigeonholed for him. He better be buying Debo
1: lunch with the money he's saving from living with his parents every day. So he better he better be buying because Debo
0: is what helps him out a lot, no doubt. But I mean, every quarterback kind of has that though. Yeah. Like I mean, you look at Tua; he's got Tyreek Waddle, an unbelievable running game. Um, Stroud's elevated his dudes, but Nico yeah. Collins been really good. Tank's been really good. Sure. Um, I mean, look at Mahomes. Mahomes is struggling a little bit more than you know, relative to the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, his receiving room's not great. That's true. So it's uh, kind of difficult there. The Twitch yeah. is also asking why you block everybody here, Sarge. You're saying can uh, can you ask Sarge to unblock us? Wow, who? who? Yeah, a bunch of them did. There was like three or four. I guess I have to
1: find out who they are. tell them to send it. Send Send your you. Send your
0: Twitter handle onto the Twitch. Yeah, and Sarge will think about unblocking you, or so I can block you. (laughs) No, you're not going to block them. It's fun. I mean, everything's on the table here. Yeah, I only block people who get.
1: I, I I don't mind having a back and forth. Like that's what you know. Sports debates and talks are all about, or even just talks in general back and forth on social media but when you get disrespectful yeah that's when i'm like hey look i got i control my own energy sure so i don't want that energy on my page being coming towards so if i blocked you it's because you know you got disrespectful and i didn't want to get disrespectful back i
0: forth. don't uh I don't tell grown men how to behave because yeah. they're grown men. Uh, I can uh, tell people that they're being a little soft. I think you're being a little soft with a button, are Just ignore it. Just push it away. And plus, here's the other thing. Uh-huh. You're giving them satisfaction whenever you block them. Well, you're giving them satisfaction.
1: Well, guess what? I don't know that I'm giving them satisfaction because I got them blocked. Yeah, so, that's a good point. You know, it's just like I put it like this. <laughs> you know, I, I equate it to this. If you're at a bar, right, and you're going back and forth with a guy at a bar, then you're just like, you know what? I can just get up and leave the bar and I never have to see you again. So that's what I do on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I could just block you, and I never have to talk to you
0: or interact with you again. Fair enough. I, I use the mute button instead of the block button. Um, also, notice you turn off comments every now and then. What's the story behind that, Sarge? Why do you turn off comments? You start, you start like a little bit of engagement, and then you turn off the comments so nobody can talk to you.
1: Because I don't want people talking to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes
1: I look. Sometimes I'll say something that I just want to be able Get to talk. Off your and chest. you know what though. I'll tell you off air. Another reason why I'm doing it. You're going to be like, "Wow, sorry, you well, Sorry, that's genius. no fun.
0: You can't just drop that nugget and then I not tell everybody. Well, you have a lot of listeners who would probably no use, one's listening to use, us. Use like, seen our ratings. I don't
1: want them to use my marketing scheme. I'm kidding. <laughs> Your
0: marketing scheme, yes. yes, okay, fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Uh, do you? We have to start preparing for life after Bobby Slowick. I think seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. By the way, uh, the Bill Barnwell show, Hillman, his co-host. I'm not sure his name. They were they were talking about because look, I think there's going to be a lot of job openings this year, like seven, eight, nine, ten. How many we'll see? Maybe there's a retread or two, maybe like two or three, but that means like six or seven new coaches are going to be given head coaching jobs. Slowick is the OC of the biggest offensive turnaround in the NFL and has handled a rookie quarterback unbelievably well. Here was Bill Barnwell and the Bill Barnwell Show kind of discussing Bobby Slowick's candidacy as a head coach in the NFL as soon as this offseason.
2: That would surprise me. But again, it's not like there are a lot of no-brainer options. Bobby Slowick is in his first season as a play caller. He's 36 years old. So many different cycles we would just say, ah, he needs another year. He's not there yet. Now, with potentially 8 to 10 openings happening and not that many other guys that are just surefire candidates – Guys like him are going to get interest here in
0: a way that they wouldn't have in previous. Years. I think that's the be- that's the meat of it there. That's the meat of it there, Sarge. I've been hoping that we don't have to worry about a new offensive coordinator as soon as next season. C.J. Stroud, that press conference we were talking about earlier yesterday was talk- I think it was to your question was talking about how he's very much looking forward to the future of he and Bobby Slowick growing together. Yes, the future might be over as soon as this season. You would think Bobby's not ready. Bobby is
1: not ready to be a head coach. While that might be true, that doesn't always deter people from being
0: a head coach.
1: Yes, that that is true. But I don't think that he's ready to. I put it like this: I feel like he's looking at the future, saying, "Now, if I ride this thing out a, a year or two, a, another year or two with CJ, we may be able to get to the Super Bowl. Now, other jobs mm-hmm. are going to open up, so I'll have other opportunities. And I don't have a bad. I'm not in a in a bad place right now. So you know what? I think I'll just stay here another year or two and ride
0: this thing. Kind of the the Ben Johnson thing that did last. The the Lions OC that the Texans wanted to interview him. I I don't think the Texans ever did get a chance to interview him. I know he interviewed one or two spots and then pulled his name out of consideration. I think he might have interviewed with the Texans, actually, uh, very early in the process. But it'd be the same route. Like, hotshot OC could get a job if he wanted it. He decided, hey, give me one more year in Detroit. See what opens up next year. What would you put the percentage at? If some one to 100, what is the percentage chance that Bobby Slowick is a head coach in the NFL next year? 10%. 10%. Wow, I'm at 50.
1: Yeah, I got, no, I, got 50. I got 10. But here's the thing. If he does
0: decide to go that route, I think they already have his replacement in the building. You're going to say Gerard Johnson. Uh, of course. I love Gerard Johnson. I went to school with Gerard Johnson. Uh, the Ger- big guy. Gerard Johnson ghosts me whenever I text him. He's a, <laughs> he's a huge guy. People, if he, he'd be a good player in the NFL if he didn't have that shoulder surgery in a and He's got records at Texas A&M. I think Gerard Johnson's brilliant. And again, I I know Gerard personally. His father, his late father, uh, was my driver ed teacher. Like He was the principal in my high school. I have you know good history with Gerard. He's closer with my cousin than me, but Gerard and I know each other pretty well. The issue that I would have with Gerard, I think he's brilliant. I think he's going to be an unbelievable head coach wherever he wants to be, whether it's in college, whether it's in the NFL. I don't love that he doesn't have a lot of experience in the Kyle Shanahan tree because I think that the Kyle Shanahan tree helps quarterbacks a lot, so, like, has he had enough time under Slowick in the Shanahan system to be a guy that you're going to give him a talent like C.J. Stroud? Yes. Okay. I think I think that what he's saying, at, at, so
1: we put it like I put it like this: it all starts with the quarterback. He has a great relationship with CJ. Mm-hmm. So now he's saying, okay, CJ, look, we got the playbook from last year. We got the plays that we had last year. We're gonna take the good ones in. You know, now it's time to, you know, put some new ones in for next year. Just, you know, hypothetically speaking. Sure. If I have that relationship with CJ already and I know what he can do, and I know what I have as far as the offensive weapons are concerned, oh yeah, I can construct it. I can put it right together because I put it like this Bobby was a defensive. Uh, he he was a defensive coach at one time. Came yeah. over to the offensive side. And now look what he's doing. But I don't think that Bobby could do that without CJ. So I'm not saying that it's a plug and play job. Sure. But I'm saying with the relationship that Gerard Johnson and CJ have together, right in it. Or hey, look, hold on, your guy. Who's my Who's my guy? Quarterback. He, look, if Gerard gets the OC, <laughs> if Gerard gets the L C Case could be the quarterback coach.
0: Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So um, I think they have the. If he wants it, he'd be a great coach. If he wanted to be a coach, so they have
1: the makings. If Bobby decides to go somewhere, I just don't know where. I don't know where Bobby's going to go. What job is going yeah. to open up where he's going to have what he has here?
2: See, I feel like to me it's simple. If if Ben Johnson is not the coach of the Bears. Like, that's the question for Bobby Slowick. They're going to hire uh Do you want- That's a good Chicago's job. Chicago's going to hire yeah, like, like I, That's why I think it's it would be Ben Johnson, enemy, or Bobby Slowick will be the next head coach of the Bears. And the reason why I actually like that job for him is, okay, if he likes Caleb or Drake, he gets the choice of that with the number one pick. But then I think you can easily go back into Bears history and say, okay, we're going to bring in Ron Rivera as the DC and give Bobby that support system. And, like, they're like, you have some weapons. But the question is gonna be like is do you like Caleb Williams and Drake May? If you don't, don't leave. Like you can't you can't have the New England job because we all know that's gonna be draw mayo. So like even if Drake May goes there, he's or probably Vrabel. not gonna or Vrabel. Like and like where else are you gonna go? Like do you love Will Levis if Tennessee opens up? Who doesn't? So like I, I just To me, it, it's it's Chicago. If you like the quarterback and if they like you, yeah. or stay here. Sorry,
0: you'll, you'll learn this about Joe. He he mentions the Bears as soon as he possibly can I try every not to. single day. That's He's not true. You try not to. You he interrupted a great conversation to, to drop I in the Bears there. The Bears fan? Fantastic yeah, conversation. From Chicago.
1: Oh, here's my thing, though. Why, why a new quarterback? How come he can't just go and work with Justin Fields?
2: I just think they're going to move on.
1: Get Marvin Harrison first pick, and Marvin Harrison and Justin Fields together. Now, if I'm Bobby, I'm saying that intrigues me.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean Marvin Harrison, DJ Moore, like okay, like we're cooking. Can can Fields
0: be that guy though? Like, because we hear about like Slowick and the San Francisco scheme. What do we hear? We hear precision. We hear on time. We hear on schedule. You're kind of the point guard that's operating like a high octane offense. What Fields never really known for his accuracy. Like I don't know if he's that precise quarterback that fits the scheme that Slowick wants to run.
1: Yeah, but uh, he hasn't really had anybody to help him out either. Like those. Like yeah, that's true. Last year I could have went and played wide receiver. And I, think yeah, I, sorry, like year, I think I got like two years. I think I got like two good red shirt years of eligibility left in sorry, the NFL. Don't take this the wrong way, but I'm thinking more right guard with you. Wow. <laughs> hey, look. Hey, look. Here's another name drop. You know. When when D'Amico, you know, one day we was down at the, uh, at Park when D'Amico threw out the first oh, yeah. pitch and he's like, Hey, Sarge, you want to go play some linebacker for me? I say, I'd definitely take a practice squad check. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be a tackling dummy all day for, <laughs> for a sure. practice squad check.
0: Yeah, I would too. <laughs> uh, I'd be, I would be more kicker. Actually, I'd, I'd probably be line, uh, deep snapper. I think I have more of a John Weeks body than a Kaimi Fairbairn body. Uh, what about, what about Carolina? Do you think there would be, in- cause I think Carolina would be interested in Slowick. Why? Because look at Slowick and what he's done with a rookie quarterback. Carolina, I think, would be interested in Slowick because again, what what would he just do with a rookie quarterback? Question now becomes, to your point, would Slowick be intrigued by Carolina? Carolina's a cesspool.
1: I agree. I don't. I don't think that even with Bryce Young, you can get Bryce Young two more weapons. And I still feel that hmm. with the way that that ownership is, the way that that team direction is, they're going to be in the same position that they are. Right? They're going to be in the same position. Two years from now, that they're in right now, still seeking, trying to find pieces to go around Bryce Young is because the owner can't get out of his own way. And as a residential Cowboys fan, I know how that feels. I know how Carolina Panthers fans feel when your owner can't get out of the way.
0: Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. You know it well. Seven one three seven eight. You're a lot more chill about the slowing thing too. I think it's uh, you're at ten percent. You're happy with the in-house, you know, replacement. I'm at fifty percent. Love the guy. I have questions about the in-house replacement. How about you, Houston? 713 780 espn HRP Listener line, 713-780-3776. Sarge was over at Toyota Center yesterday. Could have stopped by Ben's Bar and had a gentle Ben if he wanted to. Uh, these Houston Rockets, I mean, that was a great win yesterday over a good OKC team. I don't know how you feel about this, Sarge. We're talking on the other side. I am personally... Gonna have a little private boycott. I'm not gonna take the Rockets seriously until they went on the road. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Oh boy, I, I know HRP a little bit uh, too well. I know him better today than I, I did yesterday because I, I know my rights a little bit better today uh, than I did yesterday. I saw Chris Fisher. Oh, I was supposed to see Chris Fisher. Chris never came and said hello. It just hit me that he didn't. Uh, Mike Hall, a U of H class of 1990, go Cougs, has been protecting the interest of businesses for nearly 25 years. HRP provides comprehensive human. Capital Management Services, including HR compliance, benefits administration, and payroll. HRP will also work with you to customize a plan for whatever you need. There's nothing cookie cutter about HRP. You need a little help, a lot of help, anything in between. HRP will create a plan for what you and your business needs. Their customer service second to none. You'll never talk to a stranger on the other side. Uh, you'll be calling someone that's familiar with you, familiar with your company. I can speak to that customer service. I'm not a uh, I'm not a phone guy. I like the little email stuff. It's just kind of more my my style. Anytime I have have a question always get a quick response always very easy to understand let hrp take on the demands of human resources eliminate your hr burdens so you can get back to growing your business give them a call at 281-880-6525 let hrp customize a plan for you 281-880-6525 or 10 them. 3%. Three uh, percent. Sarge is filling in for Blankers today. Uh, Big Sarge Sports on Twitter. I'm still Branham. And I'm still at Jeremy Branham on Twitter. Although I did go radio silent there for a little bit. I was dealing with some business. He's uh, Joe George Radio. He's behind the glass uh, doing some stuff, talking about thinking about Bears. Probably doing mock drafts behind the glass. How he can? <laughs> he's trying to figure out a way to get Marvin Harrison and Caleb Williams, which is a possibility, somewhat of a possibility. Where are the Bears picking right now?
2: One and five.
0: Okay, they could they could make that happen with one in five.
2: No, Arizona's taking Marvin.
0: I mean, you could you could make them an offer they couldn't refuse. The Texans did. There you go.
2: I, I mean, you could, <laughs> but do you guys make anything out of this nil story today with him with Marvin Harrison?
0: No, that I there's think it's
2: a nine million dollars on the table. I believe that Ohio State? I
0: believe that there's that much money on the table. I, I don't believe that he would accept it instead.
2: I, I can't imagine you would choose to stay. At, I know you can get insurance and protect yourself long term, but. I can't imagine choosing to stay at Ohio State for another year when you'll probably be a top three pick in the draft.
1: For sure, I definitely wouldn't take that that money. I'm like, hey, look, I appreciate it, and you know, when I come back, I'll make sure to put Marvin Harrison Jr. car dealership here in (laughs) where you know, right here in the middle of the city. But nah, I'm out (laughs) of here. I'm out. Hey, Joe, I got a really, I got a quick question for you, Joe. You you want Caleb Williams?
2: I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> what do you think about Caleb Williams?
1: I, don't, I, I think that he's become very pompous. He's very arrogant, and I don't think he's good as good as advertised.
2: I, I think that's like – I do kind of lean stick with Fields and take Harrison and then like Joe Alt and, and get a left tackle and a wide receiver and, and see what Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick could do with Justin and then move on from there. Or honestly, I would even like I, – I would call Kirk Cousins if they're like hell-bent <laughs> on trading – Justin Fields,
0: you've lost your mind.
2: No, I mean like, and just, I'm
0: kind of a cousins guy. He just kind of doesn't feel fit the build there. They're, they're young, rebuilding.
2: I understand, but I just don't know they're going to stick with Fields. Like, I think they're going to move on for sure. I would be shocked if he's still their quarterback, but I don't really, really love Caleb. I, I do lean Drake May of the two quarterbacks. I can see that.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I can see that. It can't? It's, I could can see it going either way. I could see Caleb Williams being great. I could see Caleb Williams kind of being like a, a little bit Jalen Greeny. As we segue to the Rockets, oh, wow. who won yesterday? I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> uh, Rockets beat the Thunder yesterday by nine. I mean, they dominated this game really. I don't think that the score was an indicator of how I thought the Rockets dominated. I know it was close at times. Uh, look how how much what percentage of that game the Rockets led. The Rockets led had, had to have led for like ninety to ninety-five percent of that game. Yeah, especially in the second half. The, these are two different teams. Like it's Jekyll and Hyde at home. Very very good. They're nine and one at home. They're zero and eight when they're on the road and. Sarge, the way that I felt about the Texans this year is like they earned my respect to the point where I feel like I can criticize them because now we're talking about a playoff caliber team. Yes, like if they're a playoff caliber team, and even D'Amico talks about this, like we've earned this being a big game. They've also earned me being critical of a team that's playoff worthy because they put themselves in that conversation. Like, be critical of a four win team last year, three win, four win the year before. like, whatever like I mean they, they didn't earn my respect this year's team has earned my respect the Texans have by far that's where I'm at with the Rockets And I, I, I think Ime Doka's I, I think he might be the best coach in the NBA I know Spolstra has the resume uh, look what Ime Doka has done in this is only second year which is hard to believe uh, but the turnaround he's had with the Rockets what he did in Boston getting them to the championship uh, look at the development this quickly with all the young players but until they win a road game yeah. I'm not going to take them seriously yeah, and
1: so I've asked him twice. Um, I asked him last week, and I asked him, as a matter of fact, I asked him last night after the game in the post game. I said, "Look, coach, I understand. You told me last last week that you know you don't see a, a difference in the home playing at home or playing on the road, except you know in the same answer you gave me last night. You know we're right there, we're barely losing. You know we're, we're right there, we can get over the we're going to get over the hump, and once we put it all together together, you'll see a different team. I got I got all of that, but." The record is showing me that you are two different teams, one at home and one away. And I'm going to tell you why I feel like they can't win on the road. Mm-hmm. Two things. One, this is going to sound crazy to you first. Well, no, you're Jeremy, so you're, nothing sounds crazy I don't know to what you. that means, Arch. <laughs> <laughs> but they're actually feeding off of the home crowd. Huh. Like The home crowd is How's the, showing up. The, has
0: the buzz been pretty good there? Oh, for sure. I haven't, I haven't made it out to a game. that's your buzz
1: pretty good? Yeah, and don't get me wrong. When you have the bigger teams come in, of course, they still have their fans. But now I'm starting to hear more Rockets fans than I have in the last two three years. Hmm. So they're feeding off of the home crowd. But the second thing is the Rockets, the, the Rockets don't have a finisher. They want Jalen Green to be that finisher. He's not there yet. And you have to have a finisher to yeah. win games. On opposing courts. You don't think Shingun can be that guy?
0: No. You think it has to be like a perimeter guy, guard guy? It has to
1: be because you have to have the guy – the guy has to have the ball in his hands. Uh So when you look at – when you look at around the league, right? So finishers, LeBron, he's going to have the ball in his hand. Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. You got the joker, though. Yeah, the joker. He has the the ball in his hand, but he's a whole different – so I said that Shingun is baby joker. I've said that since the day he was drafted. Watching him and his skill set, he's not the Joker yet. Yeah,
0: super baby jo- Joker. Yeah, yeah, so
1: he's not he's not ready to be able to finish that way. I'm talking about a guy that can get the ball at the top of the key and tell everybody to get out of the way. Or you know, the the home crowd has gotten back into the game and they're ready to do all yeah. this stuff to to make them make it difficult for them on the court. They need that guy that can block out that noise. And just go get a bucket. And I on the road I don't see that happening when it comes to Jalen
2: Green. Yeah.
0: I, I do think it's the signs of like a young team and I agree with you May that it's that it's gonna come. But I'm not asking for them to be like an above five hundred team on the road. Like You've played eight, be two and six. Yep. Like, you be, win a couple. I'm not asking for a 500 record on the road. I tend to agree with, with Green. I think that Shingoon can be a closer. Uh, you know, you go to the post, you let him score, you let him pass, you know, whatever the defense dictates. Uh, I do want that guard that has the ability to do it as well, though. And what's for, so frustrating with Jalen Green, I'm probably, Happier with Jalen Green than where the city's at with Jalen Green. Yeah. Uh, cause I feel like the city's kind of low on green cause they're, they're getting tired of like his inconsistencies. Maybe they're like at a three or a four. What would you say on a scale of one to ten, where the city is at with green? One to ten. Four. Okay. I, I was gonna say a three or a four. I'm yeah. about at a six yeah. because. He still shows his potential. He still has moments and games, entire games, where it's like, man, this guy that that looked like an all-star. I just watched that game for that, you know, the the entire moment that he was on the floor or all the minutes he was on the floor. That guy looked like an all-star. And then the next game he has a stinker. The next game after that he has a stinker. And then he'll have another good game. Stinker, stinker, looks like an all-star. So you can see it in him. He has it in him. Now it's Eme's job to, you know. Bring it out of them. Bring it out on a more consistent basis. And I think Emei's tried a couple of different things to do this. And I think that Emei's thinking along the same same lines I am. The first one was the benching. Yeah. Like, benched him for the entire, well, I think it was the entire fourth quarter. It if was. it was, the entire fourth. I couldn't remember if it was like the last eight minutes of the entire fourth. The entire fourth, he had the little meeting with him on the plane on the way back that was well reported. And then Jalen Green had a couple of really good games after that. My my thing with Jalen isn't so much like his ability and his skill and all of that, because I think it's there. To me, it's the consistency and then the mindset. And I think the mindset is kind of what you're talking about, that killer instinct to go on the road and silence the crowd with a big shot with 30 seconds left to play.
1: And, and I said the city has
0: is at a four.
1: Uh-huh. I, I'm at an eight.
0: Okay, so you're even higher than me. I, he's
1: talented. And, and the reason why I say that is because I feel like when – this is a new system for Jalen, right? New system. Now he has vets on the team. The vets want him. Hey, man, here, take the ball. Do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. In Jalen's mind, he's saying, "Well, I got to make sure that I'm passing the ball. I got to make sure that I'm doing this." I think the the game where he broke out and had like the 30 points, uh, you know, when he when he just got hot in the third and the fourth quarter, they kept feeding him the ball, and in his mind, he was like, "Yo, I'm hot. I'm about to take it over." But then he comes back the next game and maybe feels like he's doing too much, and so when he gets to that point where he's like, up. I got to make sure I pass the ball here. I got to make mm-hmm. sure that Dylan gets to, even though the ball came to me. You know, sometimes he's not selfish enough, and I think that E-May wants him to be selfish enough. But I also feel like whether Houston Rockets messed up, especially when it comes to a player like Jalen Green. There's no more John Lucas. John Lucas used to be in Jalen's butt. Yeah, to but make E-may, him better. E-
0: E-May's there though. Now he's not John Lucas though. <sighs> He's not John, John but Lucas. John, but John, like I, John has the resume. Definitely, not arguing that at all. John didn't have the say of who was going to play the last ten minutes of the fourth quarter, and oftentimes the greatest motivator is that bench. So, like that's the I. I agree with what you're saying about Lucas, but I think he also has that strong force, and he also has the say of who's getting run. And I think that might be the biggest trump card of anything else. True. 713-780-ESPN-HRNP listener line. Sarge wants to challenge me about Dusty Baker. I have no idea what he wants to challenge me about. Uh, We'll discuss it next. Also, what's that one extra move you want the Astros to make? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.